Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This message is from our Pictures of Christ Sermon Series, which walks through the Old Testament and looks at the similarities and differences between Christ and many of the most important people in the Old Testament. We hope that this message will be a blessing to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. Let's go to uh, Matthew chapter number 16. Matthew 16. And you are going to get another handout. And uh, what I want you to do is get that handout. And I want it to be on the side that says Old Testament prophet and passage. All right. I want it to be on the side that says Old Testament prophet and passage. The other side that says corresponding passage for Jesus Christ. Don't look at that side yet. Okay. Don't look at that side. If you do, you are cheating. We don't want any cheating. Okay. Don't do it, Mary. Don't do it. Matthew 16. All right. Let me get all set up here. No, it's just the verses. All right, Matthew 16, if you're there, say amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, Tonight, we are continuing our series on uh, the pictures of Christ or typology, and we're going to be in Matthew 16 looking at uh, the uh, the prophets and how they were a picture of Christ. And uh, I hope that you've enjoyed the series, and I hope that you can remember maybe some of the, uh, the characters that we've looked through. But one of my goals in us doing a series like this uh, is to get us to kind of think outside of habit, okay? What I mean by that is if you've been saved, usually your Thursday night group is people that uh, maybe have been saved, maybe a short period of time, but are serious about the Lord. And then there's a lot of folks been saved for a long period of time, but still serious about the Lord. That's kind of what your, your midweek service, Wednesday night this week uh, that, that group is. So <clears throat> speaking to people that I know have probably been saved for a little period of time and have a desire to get in the word of God, let's be honest. It's easy to become, uh, um, habitual or ritualistic in the study of scripture, isn't it? As a believer, it's easy to, uh, a lot of people say, well, I just, you know, it's just so hard to get up and, and read the Bible. Really, after you've been saved for a while, it's, it's easier to just get in the word it, it, because you do it. I mean, I, I really don't think very much anymore about when I wake up, I don't think very much about I got to get in the word. I just get up, grab my headphones, put the word of God on and, and read it and study it. That, that just kind of happens. Right after you've been saved for a while, you kind of get in the the habit, don't you? What becomes the bad part of that is we can begin to just read. We don't study. We don't look beyond. We don't dig into. It just becomes habit. This series, though, what we've wanted to do is help us look beyond habit. 
and help us come to the place where we can get into scripture. And maybe you're reading through the Old Testament, but as you read through the Old Testaments, the, the word of God is very clear that when we search out the scriptures, we should always see Jesus. When you look in the word of God, we should always want to see Jesus growing in our relationship with God, but learning more about Christ. Would you agree with that? Man, that, that is the, that's, what, that's the purpose of a walk with God, right? I mean, Jesus said that we've been, or God said through Paul, that we've been predestined to be conformed into his image. That, that really, outside of, glorifying Jesus, outside of glorifying God and bringing souls to the Lord, that is the purpose of the Christian life, to become like Christ. But we're not gonna become like him if we don't ever see him in the pages of the book. We're, it's not gonna happen. But all throughout the word of God, and I said it on Sunday, every single uh, ink mark is there with intent to point us to Christ. Okay, so what does that have to do with our series? If we can do this on Thursday nights, taking characters and uh, 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 the tabernacle and the temple and, and the um, items within the tabernacle and, and the high priest, and we can, if we can do it, Together, do you think you could do it as an individual? Well, for sure you could. How do I, it doesn't mean you have to study, you have to get in there and get a big concordance out and everything. What I want us to be able to do, <clears throat> we've been in this now, I think this is message number uh, 14, I think this is the 14th message and we'll have the 15th in a couple of weeks and that's the last one. But when, we, when we're doing this, the purpose is to help us say, okay, I can go in scripture and I can find Jesus. I want to open the word of God and find him. And so tonight, we're going to do a little bit different. We're going to actually do a little group study with people. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to make sure that you are sitting by somebody, okay? If you're not sitting by somebody or near somebody, when I pray, I want you to just position yourself to be by somebody. So there's, you guys got a few folks in rows and stuff like that. Just be within talking distance of somebody, okay? That's, that's what I want you to do. You're good, Leo. You're good. You're within talking distance, yeah. All right? And, uh, and so let's do that. So let's pray, and then we're going to get, or let's read our passage first, and then we'll, we'll do this. Um, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me read my notes real quick. All right. I covered that. We're good. All right, let's go ahead and let's, uh, let's stand. Let's open our Bible to Matthew 16. Let's read our passage. Let's pray, and then we'll get into it tonight. Matthew 16, and beginning in verse number 13. Familiar passage, but we're going to look at it from a different angle. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, and some Elias, or Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. What we're going to look at tonight is that the Jews and the Pharisees in the New Testament, when they looked at the ministry of Jesus, it reminded them of the prophets. So that means that the prophets were a picture of or a type of the ministry of Jesus. So tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to figure out how. How were the prophets a picture of the ministry of Christ? How were they, how did they typify or were they a type 
of the ministry of Jesus. And I think it's going to be a good study tonight, and I really think it'll help us as we learn to dig into the Word of God, and then we'll come into a challenge. So let's pray, and then we'll uh, get to it tonight. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, let's ask God to speak to us and ask the Lord to help us tonight to see Scripture maybe in a new light, but help us tonight to see Him as He desires. Lord, I thank you for the day, and I pray that you'd help us tonight as we get into the Word of God, that you'd speak to us. I pray that you would uh, use the Word of God to change us, and Father, that we would be challenged by your word. We love you and we thank you for your love. We pray for uh, your hand in the service tonight. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You go ahead and be seated. All right, here's where I wanna start with tonight. Um, I want us to, uh, with, your, with the group that's by you, the, you have this small piece of paper, we're gonna do something. And we'll, we'll do it together first and then you can do it on your own. Uh, there are, the one side, there's 27 Old Testament prophets and passages. Do you see it right there? 27 Old Testament prophets and passages. Here's what we're going to do. In those passages, all right, in those passages, the prophet that is listed, there is either A, a characteristic, or B, part of the story that is a picture of something in Christ's ministry. Okay, let me help us out. Look up here for just a moment. These, these ones are not on your list, but I'm gonna give you three well-known prophets, a few things from their life and how it looks like Christ, okay? Let's take, for instance, the prophet Samuel, okay? One of the very first prophets that we know and have record of in scripture. Here's some thoughts about Samuel. Samuel, he was born to a believing mother. Right? Hannah went and prayed in faith, and God said, I'm going to give you a child. And she, in faith, rejoiced. Even before she was expecting, she was rejoicing at the goodness of God. How does that show us Jesus? Okay, Mary. Mary, because of belief, she didn't know she was expecting, but the Lord came to her and told her, and she was rejoicing. Okay, that's a small picture of the birth of Christ. How about this one about Samuel? Samuel was a very young child when he was dedicated to the Lord. And we have record of Samuel at about eight years old and 12 years old, growing in the stature and admonition of God. Okay, well, the Bible, the book of Luke in chapter number two records for us at the very end that Jesus grew in stature and in wisdom of the Lord. All right, so those two things, they correlate, they connect. How about this one? Uh, Samuel, he prayed opposite of God's will. You say, what does that mean? If you remember when Samuel, when God came to Samuel and said, I have chosen Saul to be king. Samuel prayed, God, please don't do this. He went to, he went to, he went to the people and said, you don't know what you're describing. And how do we know that? Because God had to go to Samuel and calm Samuel's heart and say, Samuel, this is my plan. I am gonna use the will of the people to judge them. I'm gonna bring them into judgment. And Samuel essentially had to say, okay, God, not my will, but thine be done. How is that a picture of Jesus? Well, in the garden, didn't Jesus say, Lord, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. All right, so there's Samuel. There's three simple things. 
from Samuel's life and ministry that typify Christ. How about Elijah? All right, what did Elijah do? Elijah, he performed, he performed a ton of miracles in the eyes of the people. Jesus did the same thing. Elijah, he was a teacher for the school of the prophets. Jesus was a teacher to the disciples of Christ. How about Elijah? Elijah ascended up to heaven in chariot. Remember that? And, the, and he went up after that. Listen, Jesus, he ascended up into heaven. All right, so there's typology. Let's go to the, predecessor, or the, uh, the one right after Elijah, Elisha. All right, how does Elisha typify Christ? Here's some things. Elisha was the, was the successor of Elijah, just as Jesus was the successor of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was compared to Elijah in scripture, that he was going to be the front runner for a great preacher. And that's what Elijah was. Okay, there's one. Uh, how about this? Elisha had the miracle of healing Naaman. Naaman had the disease of what? Leprosy and healed him. Well, leprosy in scripture always represents sin. And so Naaman is a picture of the sinner being healed by Christ. How, did, how was Naaman healed? He obeyed the word of the prophet. How are we saved? We obey the word of the Lord in receiving Jesus Christ as our savior, right? That's what the book of Romans says. Romans 10, how shall they hear? Unless someone preached to them. So it's through the word of God. All right, are you still with me tonight? Okay, this is, we're just doing some Bible study. This is good, it's healthy for us. Uh, let's think about this for Elisha. This is super cool. I didn't even think about this one and I read it. Uh, for Elisha, death went into his grave. Okay, when Elisha died, he was buried. Remember the story? He was buried. There was a group of men that were trying to hide a body. And they quickly saw a hole in the ground and they threw the body in the hole. And what happened? The body rose from the dead when it touched Elisha's bones. Okay, that's just cool. Like, and I love what the scripture says. I went back and read part of the story. The guy who rose from, the guy whose body hit the bones, it just like, his life came to him and he was stuck inside of the ground. <laughs> like he's not buried alive. He's just in this hole. Like, hey, is anybody up there? Excuse me. <laughs> Still living. Crazy. Speaking of which, I read in the news today, a 20-year-old man in India, they were getting ready for his funeral and he moved. He was still alive. They had deemed him dead. Craziest story. Been in a coma for three weeks. Isn't that insane? That's like this guy, except he really was dead and his body hit. Where's that story at? Uh, that story of Elisha, it's in uh, 2 Kings 9, maybe? 2 Kings 4, somewhere in 2 Kings. I can find it for you afterwards. <coughs> All right, well, how does that correspond with Jesus? Well, there was death that went into the grave of Christ, but life comes out, right? Life comes out. I mean, you think about Jesus and the resurrection, he went in dead, but came out living. In the, in the burial the grave of Elisha, that man went in dead, but came out living because of those bones. And so uh, there's just a few types or pictures. Another one real quick about Elisha. He had a wicked servant named Gehazi, and Jesus had a wicked disciple named Judas. So real quick, we just went through that. Everybody kind of see what we did? We just kind of figure out a little bit of a story 
and then we figure out how it corresponds with Christ. Here's what I want you to do. I want you with your partner, we're gonna take about, gonna take about four minutes to do this, four to five minutes. All I want you to do is pick out one or two of the prophets on there. And you can do the same one as anybody else. Just one or two of the prophets on there. Read that little passage. passage. There's probably just a verse or even maybe two verses. I think at the most is uh, number uh, 22, Ezekiel. That's I think the most verses on there. And you can read these four or five verses and then talk about it. How does this show us a picture of Christ? All right, take four minutes to do that. Everybody get everybody good? Everybody understand it? Take, take about four minutes and do that. Just with people nearby you, you can turn around the group of four or whatever and uh, pick one or two of them and let's figure out how is it a picture of Christ. All right, everybody good? You're still going? 
I'll, I'll give you another minute. So you're just working on the Old Testament prophets and passage side. The other side, don't even worry about yet. Don't even worry about the other side yet. All right, the other side that says corresponding passage for Jesus, don't worry about it yet. You'll be confused if you do. What? Were you doing both sides? It's all right. You're not gonna, you're not gonna pass or fail. I mean, you might. One or two. All right. <clears throat> Let's look back up here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some homework. You can do it, but here's what we're going to do. I just want to know if anybody got one, just one that you, you have a character, and it doesn't even have to be, it doesn't even have to be right. You just think, well, you know, I looked at Nahum, and I think this might be it. Uh, anybody have one that you possibly think? Taylor? Say it again. Okay. Okay, so the, the correlation of Jehu talking about the prince of Israel and Jesus was the prince. Is that what you're saying? Okay, that's a good one. Somebody else? Alan? Okay, so Joel preached about the coming spirit. Jesus preached about the coming spirit. It's good. Somebody else, you got, you got one? Anybody else? Let's do, let's do maybe one or two more. Christy? All right. Man, that, that, that's laid out for us, isn't it? As Jonah was in the belly of the, of the fish for three days and three nights, even so, so the shun, shall the Son of Man be in the belly of the earth for three days and three nights. Very good. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Okay, the stone being rolled in front of Daniel's, the lion's den, and the stone being rolled in front of Jesus in the tomb. There's a great, there's a good picture, isn't it? Man, it's, it's right there. Somebody else, you got one more. Yes, sir? Dad? Were you raising your hand? No, you're just looking at me. Okay, Uriah preaching against the city, and Jesus preaching against the city. Here's what I want you to do, and we'll, uh, for time's sake, we'll just, <clears throat> we'll wrap it up, and, and you, can, you can look these up. Here's what it is. The one side says Old Testament pra uh, pa prophet and passage that you were looking at. There are numbers 
On the other side, it says corresponding passage for Jesus Christ. There's some answers there, and the numbers correspond. So number one, submitted to God's will, talks about Nathan in 1 Chronicles 17, about his submission to God's will, okay? So you're gonna see that. You can go through, there's 27 of them. I would encourage you, do a little Bible study and figure out for yourself, how do these prophets picture Christ, okay? Now, you say, Pastor, why would we do something like that in church? Because the Bible says this, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Here's what happens. When we get in the habit of just reading, we forget to look beyond what we see. All right, in scripture, you've gotta be able to look beyond what we see, especially in the Old Testament. You have gotta see past it, all right? Now, here's what I wanna do. I wanna take the handout tonight, and uh, I wanna give you the, uh, the prophets, that whole list, 27, and there's a bunch more. That's just the short list, okay? Uh, I wanna give you three ways, very quickly, we're gonna go through it, three ways that all of the prophets showed Jesus, okay, that they pictured Christ. We saw in Matthew 16, they said, Jesus said, who do you think that I am? And they said, well, you might be uh, John the Baptist or Elijah or one of the prophets. Why would they say that? Three reasons, okay? Three common reasons or main reasons that this would be seen, all right? But I want you to see this first of all. Mark chapter six, verse 12 through 15. Here's what the word of God says. It says, and they went out and preached that men should repent, and they cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. And King Herod heard of him for his name, Jesus' name was spread abroad. And he, the king said, that John the Baptist was risen from the dead and therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. Others said that it is Elias and others said that it is a prophet or as one of the prophets. So it was common throughout the, Old, or throughout the New Testament in the ministry of Jesus that people looked at the ministry of Christ and said, this reminds us of the prophets. Okay, why would that be said? Three reasons, here we go. You guys ready to cruise through it? Number one, the malice of the people. All right, the prophets typified Christ or were a picture of Christ because the prophets were hated just like Jesus was hated. There's so many places in scripture about this, but one in particular is Matthew chapter number 23, verses 23 through 31. Jesus is just really getting after the, uh, um, the Pharisees and the hypocrites. And here's what he says. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done. So yes, you should have tithed, but not leave the other undone. Ye blind guides, which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter. Uh, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter and that, that, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like unto whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within you're full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because ye build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchers of the righteous and say, if we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. 
Wherefore ye be witnesses unto yourselves that ye are the children of them which killed the prophets. Here's what Jesus is helping us understand and them really. Uh, number one, wouldn't you have loved to have been there? I mean, this is one of those moments that I see Jesus. He's not like, now woe unto you, scribes and, and Pharisees and hypocrites. He's not that way. He's saying, hey, you guys don't get it. You don't get it. You are the ones. Your fathers were the ones. You say you're religious, but you're inwardly, you're filled with dead men's bones. The outward looks good, but the inward is corrupt and filled with lies, and you just don't get it. Question, did the religious elitists of Christ's day appreciate him? No, they hated him. <clears throat> okay, let's go to the prophets. Not all of the prophets were hated, but many of them were. I think specifically of Jeremiah. How do we know Jeremiah was hated? Because God said to Jeremiah, don't worry about the people. They're gonna hate you. It's interesting that <clears throat> we can see that correlation. We can see that the prophets were hated. You can go through Micaiah, Jeremiah, Elisha, Elijah. Uh, Samuel was hated of Saul. He was hated of the message that he had from God. The Jews had put many of the prophets to death and then they too would deliver Jesus Christ up to be crucified. And while I look at the prophets and how they were hated depicting Christ, uh, that, that depicts Christ, I want us to see very quickly that even in that hatred, the prophets typified Christ in their response to the hatred. Do you read in the Old Testament that the prophets lashed back out at the people? We don't read that, do we? We read that they continued just steadfastly preaching and reaching the world, didn't they? Well, how, does that, how is that a picture of Christ? Because he who was reviled, reviled not again. So in their response, they were a picture of Christ. In the malice of the people, even though they were hated, the response was a response of grace, truth, and love. They still preached truth. They still preached uh, with a little bit of grace, but they preached with love. All those prophets loved their people. I mean, even you think about it, Jonah is probably one of the only ones that we see not having that response. But when he was hated, did Jonah lash back out at the Ninevites? No, he got frustrated with God. Even in his response, he was still a picture of Jesus because he, he uh, not, the, not the lashing out to God, but the response with the people. The Ninevites responded, Jonah was fine with that. He was just not fine with God forgiving them. So I want you just to think and understand that the, uh, the first way, and we'll do this quickly, the first way that we see the picture is in the malice of the people. The second, second way we see the prophets typifying Christ is in the miracles performed. The miracles performed. <clears throat> we won't go through all of this, but here's what Nicodemus said to Jesus in John chapter three, verses one and two. He said, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, ruler of the Jews, the same came unto Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. All right, the Pharisees believed that the teachers sent from God were prophets, okay? You're a teacher come from God. For no man can do these things that thou doest except God be with him. So Nicodemus came to Jesus and said, we know that you are sent from God because of the miracles that you perform. Again, the miracles that Jesus performed, just like the apostles in the book of Acts, 
just like the prophets of the Old Testament, they were done as sign gifts for people to believe. Uh, you can think and go back to many of the miracles in the Old Testament. I think specifically of Elisha and Elijah, their miracles, which were many, were done as a sign gift for Israel to know, you need to believe these guys' message and repent and turn back to God, all right? And so their miracles were a picture. The, the miracles of the prophets were really a small glimpse of the miracles that Jesus would perform. And we know that many of the miracles, while they were sign gifts, they were just validation that a messenger was sent from God. Well, Jesus, he too performed miracles so that people would know that he was sent from God. All right, so the malice of the people shows us the, the, a picture. The miracles that were performed show us a picture. But I want you to notice lastly tonight is the message proclaimed. The message proclaimed. This is where I really want us to end up for about the next seven to 10 minutes and we'll be done. <clears throat> because I believe that the main, and hear this, the main reason as to why Jesus Christ reminded the Jews and the Pharisees of the prophets is because of the message and the words that Jesus Christ brought and spoke. The message that Christ brought was given with boldness and it was given with clear revelation of God and the message was not misunderstood, okay? John chapter six, we're not gonna turn there. John six, it says that the end of the chapter says that many of the people following Jesus turned and followed him no more. Why did they turn and follow him no more? John six is the passage where Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And if you are having gonna have part of me, you must come and eat of my flesh. And the people, they said, what? Can we eat of your flesh? We're not gonna eat of your flesh. We're not into cannibalism. And after expounding the passage, the people walked away and here's why. And it's throughout various portions of scripture because the scripture says this, it was a hard saying. It was a hard teaching. The prophets, they preached this message. Repent of your sin and turn to God. God wants a relationship with you, Israel. Let's go to our Hosea series we just finished a few weeks ago. You need to repent. God has something for you you're abandoning him, you need to turn back. The people did not like that, but the message was very clear, wasn't it? When Jesus came on the scene, his message, even though he used a lot of illustrations, his message was clear. And it was a very hard saying for the people because even the disciples were hoping that Jesus would set up the kingdom. But Jesus was there saying, hey, I'm not setting up the kingdom yet because you as a people need to repent and turn to God. And what that's gonna take is the death, burial, and resurrection of me. And the disciples knew after the resurrection, but before they were just like, what in the world does all this mean? But the message was clear. The message was repentance, turn to God. Does that make sense? That was the, whole, that was the entire message. Well, when you look at the prophets, that was their message. 
Jesus even said it this way, Luke 24, 27, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Hey, the prophets, they declare who I am. John 5, 39, I didn't read it at the beginning. Uh, I just uh, mentioned it, but search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life and they are they which testify of me. They were preaching the exact, exact same message. And so here's what I wanna tell you. When people heard Jesus speak, when the Jews, the Pharisees, when they heard Christ speak, they said, he reminds us of the prophets. Why? Same message, same boldness, same love, same truth. From Genesis to Revelation, it is the same thing. And that's what they saw in Jesus. We can go and we can say, well, the miracles or the malice, the hatred that he faced, but not, not all of the prophets are a good picture in that because not all of them were hated and not all of them performed miracles. But all of them are a picture of Jesus because of the message that they preached. You can go to verses like this, Matthew 7, 28 and 29. It came to pass when Jesus has ended these sayings, the Sermon on the Mount, the people were astonished at his doctrine for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Jesus said, I, it's, because of the tr it's because I tell you the truth that you don't believe me. Hey, you reject the message because it's truth. Uh, John 17, 17, Jesus praying said, sanctify them through thy truth or thy word, thy truth, thy word is truth. And so we need to understand that all of the words of the prophets down to Jesus were truth. And that's one of the reasons that they looked at him and said, he reminds us of the prophets because he's saying the exact same thing. So, <clears throat> here's where I want to be. One man said this about it. He said, in their sufferings, they foreshadowed his priesthood. In their teaching, his prophetical office. And in their miracles, his royal power. So the, they were a picture of Jesus in all these ways. But tonight I want to really challenge us with two things. Okay? Okay two ways that I think the prophets really were a picture of Christ. And I want us leaving tonight saying, God, help me to be a picture of you just like the prophets were in these two areas. All right, number one. Number one is this, in their responses to others. Okay, the prophets, remember they were hated, but they never lashed back out. They responded with the spirit of God. All right, but the second where where we're gonna talk for just a second, where we have been, is in their words of truth. <clears throat> they exemplified the spirit of God to their enemies and they continue, continually spoke the words of God to their enemies. When the Jews, and, and, and I wish we could go through and really just study this deep, but when the Jews looked at Jesus, they said, you remind us of the prophets because you're giving us the same message with the same spirit. The word of God led by the spirit of God. So here's our challenge for tonight. And it's a, just a simple question. Do your responses and your words 
remind others of Christ. I don't know why it, the wording is all messed up on there. <laughs> but think about your responses and your words. Do your responses and your words remind others of Christ? It's, cor it's correct on the handout. Just look at the handout. What you do and how, listen, people, right? We're going through this series, Pictures of Christ. I, wanted to, I want to help it to us to study scripture. But I also want to use it to challenge us. Because the prophets were a picture of Jesus, I can be a picture of Christ. Well, how could I be a picture of Christ? When you respond to people, do they sense this is led by the Spirit of God? And when you speak, do they know, man, this is, these are like words that God would use. Do, do we speak words of truth? I think words of truth, the Bible says we should hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. Man, even the psalmist said, I, don't, I want truth. I don't want lies, I want truth. And so in your life and in my life, do we have responses and words that typify Christ? Think about your marriage. Think about with your family, your kids, fellow believers at church, co-workers, are your responses and your words something that are a picture of the Savior that you serve? I was challenged by this, and I hope that we would be too, and I hope that we would have the prayer of the psalmist in Psalm 19, verse 14, when he says, let the words of my mouth, that's the words, and the meditation of my heart, I believe that could, that could talk about the Spirit. Let the words of my mouth and the spirit that's behind it be, be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. It is of no coincidence, it's of no coincidence that Jesus reminded them of the, of the prophets. Why? Because Jesus said the same thing with the same spirit. May we this week choose, listen, may we choose that in a world and a culture that spews out slander and criticism that will speak encouragement and help. In a world that is drawn to reprehensible speech that we would be drawn to commendable speech. Or in a world where others around us are driven by hateful and obnoxious and monstrous words, may God's people be known for speaking loving words that are filled with the Spirit with grace and with truth. And the challenge tonight is just simply that we would pray maybe something like this, Lord, help me to be a picture of you in how I respond to others and in the words that I speak. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit Moses Lake Baptist Church.com.